Welcome, everyone. You're listening to the Natural Resources Council of Maine's podcast, Maine's Environment, Hot News Now. I'm Carly Perugio, NRCM's Forest and Wildlife Outreach Coordinator, and it's been a busy couple of weeks since our last episode. Today, you'll hear from our advocacy director, Pete Didesheim, about the issues we're working on and paying attention to both federally and a few blocks away at the State House. One thing to keep in mind is that this episode was recorded on Monday, February 5th, so it is very possible that something could change by the time you listen. With that in mind, here's episode number two. We can start perhaps with the State of the Union, which was on January 30th. What were some of the <clears throat> takeaways and what did we learn about the administration's anti-environmental agenda? I think one of the biggest takeaways from the President's State of the Union was that he spoke for 80 minutes and he never used the word environment once. He didn't talk about clean air, he didn't talk about clean water, he said nothing really about climate or the importance of protecting our environment for future generations. Uh, That wasn't surprising, but it's troubling. Uh, It's troubling because we are facing a pretty significant climate crisis and he is pursuing an anti-environmental agenda that is deeply troubling to us. This past year, uh, we had extreme weather events. We had fires in the West. We had hurricanes in Texas, Florida, and Puerto Rico. And recent data showed that 2017 was the third hottest year on record. So we have really urgent issues that we need to be addressing as a nation. But the word environment, any of these issues, they just didn't come up in the in the president's uh, State of the Union. And those are important to the to the people of, of the country. Are there any actions that people can take in the coming weeks as we're thinking about offshore drilling? So because the government shut down and the government is still, you know, teetering towards a possible shutdown again, there was not a hearing, another meeting Mm -hmm. uh, here in Augusta. And so it's been rescheduled for March 7th. And so there will be a meeting from from 3 o'clock till 7 p.m. at the Augusta Civic Center where people can come and uh, learn about the the proposal from the Trump administration to open up 90% of the waters off the United States to offshore oil drilling. And that's an opportunity for the public to also make their comments uh, before the public comment period closes. That proposal is part of a broader war on clean energy. This administration is pursuing an aggressive policy to pursue fossil fuels at the expense of clean energy. So, as I mentioned just a, a moment ago, the, the, we're on a short-term budget that's supposed to expire this Thursday. They probably won't have a new budget figured out for fiscal year 2018, but we're already starting to hear some of the details of next year's budget. So the fiscal year 2019 budget likely is going to be released on February 12th, a week uh, next week, and we're already hearing that there's going to be deep cuts in funding for renewable energy. We anticipate there'll be deep cuts proposed again for the Environmental Protection Agency. Uh, what we've seen is there might be a 72% proposed cut in renewable energy funding. Just a couple other quick things that have happened at the federal level that um, are troubling and one piece of good news. Um, last week, at the end of last week, the president's proposed reduction uh, by 85% in the size of the national monument in Utah called Bears Ears went into effect and also a 50% reduction in the size of the uh, Grand Staircase Escalante National Monument. There are lawsuits to try to block the, the, the implementation of those, but that went into place. We still haven't heard any updates about what might happen with the Katahdin Woods and Waters National Monument. We're still concerned that they may try to push ahead with increased timber activity and possibly even commercial timbering. 
And then one piece of good news that happened that we're just hearing about now is it looks like the White House is going to withdraw the nomination of, a, of a, an extreme anti-science nominee, a woman named Catherine Hartnett White, who was proposed to be the head uh, environmental advisor to the president in the Council for uh, Environmental Quality. And this woman has been quoted as not believing global warming. Her view is that carbon dioxide is the gas of life and that it's not a pollutant. So uh, removing her from the possibility of being in the White House as an environmental advisor uh, is a little bit of good news. This is a good time to move to main news. There are several priority bills that NRCM is focusing on. Would you mind starting perhaps with the solar bill? Okay, sure. So one of our top priorities this year is to pass the solar bill that will um, do a couple of things. Uh, one is to stop the worst element of the Public Utility Commission's proposal, which would tax the electricity generated within people's homes that they use on site. This would be an extreme measure. That's like being taxed for the produce that you grow in your own home, own home garden instead of buying it at Hannaford. And we just think that that is uh, inappropriate and should be defeated. The other provision of this bill, it's LD 1444, uh, would allow up to 50 participants to join together in a community solar project. Uh, this bill is probably going to come out of committee. Uh, it got a positive vote, 9 to 4, coming out of committee, and it will be probably voted on in the Senate next week, possibly the Senate and House both next week. So as you mentioned, if there's something that people want to take action on, take action on solar. Contact your legislators today and urge them to support LD 1444. And what are some other things that people need to know about that are priorities? Sure. So this is also going to be the week when the Environment and Natural Resources Committee will vote on, will consider and vote on a food waste reduction bill. This is an important bill that we've been involved with. They're going to uh, adopt a pretty substantial amendment that will focus the initiative mostly on state agencies and schools. That's important because our schools waste an estimated 75,000 pounds of food each year as food waste. So we think this is a good first step and then we will be returning next year, uh, we hope, with additional uh, legislative efforts to expand the food waste reduction effort. Two other quick bills I'll mention. This week we also expect a vote on a bad bill that would chip away at Maine's bottle bill program. We have a highly successful bottle redemption program that collects 90% of the returnable bottles in the state and the Wine Institute and a few others are trying to reduce the redemption rate on uh, large containers, spirits and wine bottles. We think that would have the result of reducing uh, by 50% the number of those bottles that are redeemed and so we're working to defeat that bill. Uh, that bill is LD 1703. One other bill that's moving through the legislature, it's passed the committee level, it's going to go to the House and Senate. Uh, we, will, we believe that it will sail into place, and that's to continue Maine's involvement in the Regional Greenhouse Gas Initiative Program. This is an important bill, this is an important regional effort to reduce carbon pollution. It uh, puts in place new caps that will reduce the amount of carbon pollution from power plants through the year 2030. and. It's such a significant program that Virginia is in the process of, of joining the, the, the nine-state collaborative right now. New Jersey uh, is now rejoining. They, they uh, exited it. And these new caps will have the result of reducing carbon pollution by 65% from 2009 levels 
by 2030. It's quite a significant regional effort to reduce carbon pollution from power plants. Well, so we started talking about the State of the Union, and maybe we can conclude by looking ahead to the Governor's State of the State, which will happen on February 13th. What should we be looking out for? Well, I would be shocked if the governor spoke about the environment and the importance of clean air and clean water for the future of our state and Mainers. So I don't expect that. He has not spoken about that in previous State of the State addresses. We're concerned that he has now decided to attack land conservation and land trusts as his new target. And this was the case with a recent radio address where he was attacking land conservation. He made up a whole bunch of numbers about how much land was off the tax rolls by his claim, and that if this land would just be developed and brought back onto the tax rolls, that it would reduce property taxes for other Mainers. This is patently false. Uh, 95% of the land that, that land trusts uh, have protected still pay taxes, or they, they pay what's called payment in lieu of taxes. Most of our land that is protected as conservation lands is working forest, so this is helping keep our forest lands in active timber management. We also have conserved lands that are protecting farmland and protecting access for working waterfronts. But most importantly, conserved land is public land. This is land that is available for all of us for hiking, for fishing, for access to lakes, for access to the coast, access to some of the gems of the main landscape. We have a small percentage of land which is conserved and available to the public. And why the governor has decided that it's not in the interests of Maine people to have conserved lands that we can enjoy without having to own it, without having to be a billionaire that owns this land is uh, a total mystery to us. But this has been part of one of his crusades. We think that he is going to raise this in his state of the state, and we think that's quite troubling. He probably will then come forward with a bill to try to impose new taxes and new burdens on land trusts and land conservation. Anything you want to add? There's a lot of activity ahead of us still. We're not quite halfway through the legislative session. The committees are finishing their work. Now we're starting to get to the point where the bills will be debated on the floor of the House and Senate, go to the governor if they pass the House and Senate. He will almost certainly veto most of these bills. He vetoes almost all bills, and he certainly vetoes every environmental bill. And then it's a matter of the House and Senate overriding his vetoes. It's unfortunate that that's the way the legislature works these days, but almost every bill needs to have a two-thirds majority to be enacted because of the disruptive approach of this governor. Many thanks to Pete for these helpful updates, and thank you for listening to Maine's Environment Hot News Now. To learn more about the Natural Resources Council of Maine and our work, visit our website at nrcm.org. You can also like us or follow us on your favorite social media platform, whether that's Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Thank you again, and we'll talk to you next time.